Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Hey, Lisa Rubin. Katie Harms. So I'm contemplative today. We're coming up on really two years when we said we were going to go full in on doing a podcast. I it's It blows my mind, first of all, how fast time flies. And wow, I'll just say that. Wow, right? I think everybody can relate to that. But I want to talk about some of the changes personally. I think, you know, we come on, we interview people and we've got phenomenal. We've got a woman who's gone through some major changes and some challenges and is one of the most positive people I think I've ever met, Dory Molitor. We'll be talking to her later, but it really got me thinking about how we approach aging and how we approach transitions and speaking personally, how just doing this podcast has given me such a purpose that it's changed so many other little pieces of life too. I like what you just said. It is actually, now that I think about it, I came to you at the end of April and said, Katie, we need to do this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it took us till August to get it up and running, but we started two years ago in April. Two years ago in April. And the thing that's so cool is first of all, you coming and saying, we got to do this podcast was very out of character for you. (laughs) Yes, it was. But, and I had been thinking about it since the day I was on your couch when you lived in downtown Minneapolis and (laughs) I don't know, 12 moves ago, (laughs) well, at least 12 moves. Um, And you said, Lisa, I think we should do a podcast. And I had my meltdown, but it hadn't left my mind and timing is everything. Right. And then COVID hit. And then I started getting all of these messages from clients and one thing led to another. And I thought, okay, I'm up for a challenge. This is the time for me to challenge myself. And that's when I called you. And I think that's step one in continuing to grow as a person, being willing to challenge yourself. I agree. I didn't even realize that I'm going to write these down. Step one (laughs) challenge. And the podcast for me has been absolutely fantastic, wonderful, but very challenging for me because I'm in a space that I knew nothing about. And as you know, you tease me on many different podcasts. It's my favorite. (laughs) I, uh, I'm learning every time I do a podcast, it's still not natural for me. I still have notes. And the good news is we're doing zoom. When we first started, we were doing it in person with masks on and everything else. Now we're doing it by zoom. So you don't always see my notes, which is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're hiding them from me, but the difference in it, and I think I've said this before, that you, you have them there. They're like your security blanket, but you're not focused on them. You're not like, oh my God, she asked me a question. I have to look at my notes and then I'm going to answer like this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, and everyone that knows you and your client list and your friends and everyone knows that, you know, your stuff. It's not, you don't need a note anywhere within a hundred miles. 
But it's not about needing the notes. It's more about as we age, sometimes we forget things, Katie. And I just want to make sure the, the important things that I want to say, I don't forget. It's just like when I'm doing speaking engagements, you know, for companies, I don't, it's not scripted, but I have my note cards mm-hmm. and it's just one or two words so that it reminds me, don't forget to say this. Don't forget to say that. So that it's more That's of that. That's perfect. That's perfect. And totally understandable. You know, it's interesting. I've trained a lot of people through having various management responsibilities. And it always amazes me when people come for training, do not tra- take notes. I, I don't care. Imagine that. I, I, there are, I can't tell you how many people, and I would say to them, there's going to be a lot of information coming your way. Even if you don't go back to them, they're there. To me, it's a, it's another path of getting it in your brain. Yeah. But then you can go back and look at something and maybe you're going to think about something in a different way too. That's true. Because when but, you're sitting and listening to one person talk, sometimes your mind wanders, at least mine does. But if I take the notes and I write it down, I can come back to it and look at it in a different way. Great point. And I think too, if you're listening, for example, now, do you take notes when you're listening to other people's podcasts? No, but if you I want information, right. I will come home, make a note, and then I will re-listen to certain parts of it if I need to write some things down. I've done that many, many times. Yeah. I've gotten frustrated with myself because I've had a thought. Somewhere. How many and thoughts do you have? <laughs> oh my, one, just one. It appears. I can't imagine one. just one thought, Katie. Yes. <laughs> Well, and I will have it and I'll say, that's great. I'm going to remember that because I'm driving or whatever. Now I've gotten better about saying into my, hey, Siri, take this note. So I'm getting a little better technologically that way. But in the middle of the night, I'll wake up with something and I'll be like, I got to write, I should write this down. Too tired to write it down. And then by the morning, I'm like, what was that? Great idea that I had that I wasn't. So that's one area I can get a little bit better at. But I'll tell you what has changed a lot since you and I have been doing the podcast. I've always enjoyed fashion. I've always enjoyed being put together. So not even so much fashion, because I think I've really discovered, you know, I'm 62 years old. I've discovered that I like what I like, right? It's taken me a while to figure out what I like and what works for me. And you've certainly helped in that realm, but I'm having a lot more fun putting things together now because in, in my head, it's always like, well, what would Lisa do with this? So, (laughs) or Lisa would not be happy with me if I went to target looking like this when I have so many great options of what I can do. And interestingly enough, that thought process leads to how I put things together, leads to how I feel when I'm out doing something leads to better energy. I mean, it's just a snowball and it works phenomenally. Good. I'm glad I'm finally wearing off on you. (laughs) Um, I also think that you're spending less money on clothes because you're not doing that Katie retail therapy. Oh my God, I hate all my clothes. I got to just find this one thing before I go to invent tomorrow. I think that you're learning how to go back into your closet and say, okay, what do I have before I go and buy something new? That's so true because I have, I have enough. And even moving, which we recently did was such a enjoyable process. Well, not the unpacking of the boxes and getting the last stuff organized, which I still have to do, but going through and really looking at it critically and saying, do I really want this? And do I want to haul it around for another couple of moves in every area? And so that was, that was really nice to go through. I came across a a brand I told you about it the other day. Uh, I was recently in California. I was in Venice beach and, and 
went into this store. Venice Beach is just a trip of an area, fun place to shop. But this store is Kuyana, C-U-Y-A-N-A. And I love what they espouse. And it is your life simplified by a smarter, better wardrobe and sustainably made designs to last. So their leather goods are beautiful and they work together and you have them. And interestingly enough, Danielle, I saw, she had a cute purse. I said, where, where did you get that? That's an adorable purse. She said, oh, this is a brand Kuyana. I love it. It's less, but better. So you're buying less things and you're buying better things. And it seems so simple, but it's really fun. It's fun to have that mindset of, okay, I am, I am where I am. I'm going to fit this body in things that I like. And if it doesn't work for me and they don't fit, they're not going to be here taking up space. That's good. That's what I teach and train all the time. Then your work is done here, right? <laughs> no, it's never done, Katie. <laughs> no, that's true. Hey, talk to me about some of your clients that have transitioned away from the big job. Do they struggle? Because you are a bit of a therapist when you're working with them. Just a bit. Just a bit. So do they struggle with purpose? Do they struggle with purpose? Yes. I don't think that's their biggest struggle because a lot of my clients who have transitioned out of their, let's call them big jobs, they don't do nothing. They don't completely retire and read books and you know take walks. A few of them do, but they have actually decided to retire at a much older age. A lot of them then are retiring and sitting on boards. They're retiring and doing a some big volunteer work. Um, some of them are, you know, they still have kind of their foot somewhere. Their biggest transition is actually their clothes. Because if they were used to wearing suiting and professional clothing for 40 years, and then they don't have to do that anymore, they have no idea what to wear. No, no idea. So it's that is their biggest transition. And that's what I help them with. Like, okay, let's get rid of all these things, but let's keep a couple jackets because a couple of your jackets are going to, we're going to buy a pair of your first jeans. Like some of my clients never had a reason to put jeans on, even though they might've been moms and they had kids, they went from work to their sporting events, or they came home and they put their, what I call home clothes on. Right. So they didn't have that in between wardrobe. And then let's add COVID to that. Right. So a lot of my clients didn't have the COVID clothes. They just didn't have them. So that's a big transition and that is where they need their most help and <laughs> shoes, shoes. Like some, I'm like, you need to buy a pair of tennis shoes. Oh, I have tennis shoes. I have my Nike tennis shoes that I run in. No, those are not tennis <laughs> shoes. Those are workout tennis shoes. Let's buy you a pair of tennis shoes that you would just wear with your first pair of jeans. So that's really hard for them. It takes them a while to understand that. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. You haven't yeah. thought about this. So those are the things that as you're transitioning, you don't even think about that. You can, yeah. you could write an article, a book on things that you got to think about when you're transitioning, how to, how to arrange that. Yeah. I just had a client yesterday call me. She sold her business and, you know, she consulted with them for a while, but now she's done. And she's like, Lisa, I have a whole closet of suits and skirts. Like you need to come over and tell me what skirts I need to keep. And I said, sure, I can come over, but I, I know all your clothes. And I can tell you, you don't need to keep any of those skirts because <laughs> <laughs> you are not ever going to wear them again. Yeah. You know, so let's find a good place for it. Let's, let's donate it to some women that will really love your skirts because they're in perfect condition. And now let's look at what you're going to start transitioning and what you're going to start wearing. And she's like, I don't know what that means. So it's that kind of thing that is really actually stressful for them because they still have to get up, put clothes on, 
and do something. These are not women that get up in the morning and go, hmm, what am I going to do today? They're sure. not wired like that. Right. And interestingly enough, it's like Pam Borton said, you need a coach for the things that you don't know, right? She might not have said it that way, but really co- you need coaching for the areas that you need to have expertise in your life. Why wouldn't you need a coach to talk to you about wardrobe when you transition from something that you know really well, but didn't pay any attention to that part of it because it had you to coach, right? So you, when I say didn't pay any attention, meaning didn't have to worry about that, learning how to put the wardrobe together and all that because they were smart enough to get a coach. Keeping that coach as you're transitioning and going to a different phase of life makes sense. And it's again, going to save you money because that person is not walking into the store going, I'll take this, 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 and this, because I don't know what I need. Exactly. I mean, they're, they make a really smart move to ask me to help them because if they go into a store and they have a salesperson help them, that salesperson doesn't know the trajectory of what just happened in their life and what they were doing. All they want to do is sell them clothes. And I tell right. people that all the time. Yes, I want to support all the retail stores we have in our community. But the bottom line is buy the right things for your lifestyle. And that's really important. And if you find a, a salesperson in a store that you love and they understand you're going to be a repeat customer, hopefully then they would not try to sell you the store. Hopefully. It's a relationship. You're building a relationship. And if you if you have someone that you're working with that is not building that relationship with you, then it's time to move on. It's like anything. It's like buying furniture. It's like putting closets in. It's like anything. You want a relationship so that what happens, what you're living amongst or what you're wearing fits you. Exactly. So I want to talk bras. I want to talk you, bras. Thank you, Katie. I'm so glad you said that. Did you, did you, they're in place. I'm in place. Everything's in place, but I am in need of a fitting again. I think, I mean, is it every 10 years? Is it every, I suppose no, if it's you go not every weight, 10 years, well, what, when do you, cause I know I'm not the same size. My sister, my kid's sister, when I was about 30 and I was talking about, oh my God, my bra is so uncomfortable. She goes, well, Katie, perhaps you're not the same size you once were. <laughs> I think she was 21 at the time. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I would tell you that every, if nothing changes, right? Weight, this and that, I still think you need every three years to go get a fitting. Okay. Well, that's one area that I could definitely have improvement. There's again, I'm on repeat here, Katie. The first thing everyone needs to do is adjust those straps. Like I just had a brand new client, an in-person client, and she is going through everything. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, oh my God, I have to have this broad discussion. And she really doesn't know me very well. And we're going (laughs) through her closet and she's actually standing there in her bra and underwear because I'm having her try stuff on. And she's like, you know, this doesn't fit me. I, and I finally look at it, I go, okay, we need to stop. We need to get very personal right now. But the first thing I'm going to talk to you about is your bra. And she just looked at me like that sheer white. What do you mean my bra? What do you mean? I said, if you just adjust your bra straps, all these clothes that you're trying on are going to look so much better. And she goes, adjust my bra straps. What do you mean adjust my bra straps? I said, exactly. You've never done that. <laughs> so I said, may I help you? And I adjusted them, which I've done a thousand times to clients. I go, now put that same shirt on. And she's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I said, exactly. So every time you wash your bra, which people forget to do, you have to adjust the straps. How often do you wash your bras? Once a week. And do you rotate? Do you rotate bras? I do. I do rotate. I have two nude, two black. Surprise, Katie. (laughs) 
Do you, I never wear the same bra two days in a row. Good for you. I will rotate them and let them <laughs> air out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like if you're in a climate where it's, you get all sweaty and stuff, of yeah. course, but it's, it's not good to actually wash your bras all the time. You know, to use a lingerie bag, you know, never to put them in the dryer, all of those things. But I know I'm on repeat on probably every other podcast, but the bra and the underwear are so important to yeah, I don't, you know, how you set up your clothes. I mean, till ad nauseum, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I agree. It's the foundation. So it is the foundation. the foundation for a reason. It's the I foundation. Agree. We could talk more about it. Oh my gosh, we could talk about the Oscars and the clothing and the dresses. And I didn't watch it, but I got snippets. I did watch afterwards it. on social media. And yeah, quick, give us some quick thoughts. Well, there were a lot of <laughs> <laughs> that good. There huh? were a lot of dresses that um, women were wearing that were not age appropriate. How do I? Is that nicely put? The whole trend right now is to you know show your boobs right and tape the nipples inside the dress so they don't come out. But I personally don't think that some women that are, let's say, 50 plus should be wearing a dress like that. It just doesn't look good. You know, I think we can have a, a, this is almost a longer discussion because someone who we love and admire for what she's done, Julia Hart, has a different take on what you want to wear. Other people have a different take on what you want to wear. I think you have to look at the event. I think that's all for show. I think you, the realm that you work in and have worked in is very much a understated elegance. And I would say that describes you as well. So absolutely in that realm, having that wardrobe would not be a would not be a choice. I think for me, the interesting thing is, is when you put a number on it on the age, like, for example, women of a certain age shouldn't wear shorter skirts. Da, 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 da. Well, it, I think that's a tough, that's a tough nut. Age appropriate is an interesting conversation. How about no, we I agree. That? And the Oscars are for show. But yes. keep in mind that what you see at the Oscars is kind of setting the trend for the next year. And that's I just, scary. yeah, <laughs> so that's why I'm talking about it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I know there's several people that should not show up in a dress like that, but you know, that is for another conversation. There were some absolutely gorgeous dresses. I mean, Rita Moreno, her dress was outstanding for a woman in her, I think she's 90. I mean, she looked amazing. And so I just wanted to say that I think people just need to be a little more aware. I think what you're saying is be aware of what you're watching and the realm that it's in and right. do again, do what works for you. Right. Just because something shows up as a style does not mean that that style is going to be what you want to do. Exactly. And Amy Schumer was very funny when she talked about her spanks underneath and how she can't move and how she's <laughs> so sweaty. and what did she said? She smells like chicken soup because her, <laughs> because her spanks, she can smell her spanks. But I mean, that's funny. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, the things that women go through to feel good about themselves sometimes can be funny 
when you take it all down and and go. So listen, we have a phenomenal guest. I know you are going to enjoy talking to Dory. I have known Dory for a couple of years, love her. And we are going to welcome Dory Molitor to the podcast and learn all about her. Dory Molitor, we're so excited to have you here. I have known you, gosh, I was thinking a couple of years, but I think it's longer than that. I love your story. So I'm going to give a quick little introduction because what I want to talk about primarily is transitions. And in amongst that, you are an author, a new author, and that's kind of the a culmination of all the things that you've done. So backing up, you were an entrepreneur for more than 30 years. You founded WomanWise, an internationally recognized marketing agency with an enviable list of Fortune 500 clients. You're a thought leader. You really are all about empowering women, bringing the best out. And we like to think we're doing that in this podcast. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you both for having me. I'm excited to be here and share and see if I can give any nuggets that inspire your listeners. Oh, thanks. So are you anywhere where you thought you'd be when you looked back, you know, when you look back and you're starting your career and all of that, did you have a plan? Did you say, you know, when I'm this age, I'm going to be here? (laughs) Um, I'm in a very different place. Just as a little background, I grew up on a very small dairy farm in Minnesota. I, uh, it was the same dairy farm that my great, great grandfather founded in 1860. I was one of 12 children. So there are nine girls, three boys growing up on a dairy farm. And I was the fifth girl in a row. And my four older sisters all graduated from high school and got married the next year. But I did have a very big career plan. I wanted to be a secretary for someone important. So that was my (laughs) career plan. And with that, I was very intentional. I went to vocational school to get my secretarial degree, learn shorthand, learn typing, which keyboard really is helpful today. No, I'm in a very different place. I did become a secretary for someone important, but that just set the platform and the momentum for career path. And when you got there and you saw all the things going on and you thought, I can do this, then fast forward, you started your own business. I did. And actually, I'll just go back one little bit. My goal to be a secretary for someone important and where that got me at the age of 18. After I graduated back in that time, they didn't really tell you how to find a job or a career. And I remember I put on my pastel light blue suit, you know, the skirt and the jacket, my multi-colored pastel scarf. And I grabbed my manila folder with my resume and I went walking down Main Street in St. Cloud, St. Germain Street. And I was looking for someone important. And I saw a bank and I'm like, oh, there'd be someone important in there. So I went in, (laughs) do you have any jobs? I'll fill out an application. I saw the county assessor's office and went in there and I asked if they had any positions open. And I just kept making my way. And then I saw it across the street was a two-story red brick building. And at the top, it said Congressman R. Nolan. And I thought, now that would be someone important. And so I went to that building, walked in the front door, and it was this long, dingy, dark hallway. There was an optical office on one side, um, some uh, little accountants. And I kept making my way down this dark hallway. And I thought, well, this can't be it. It seemed like I walked 50 feet. 
I should go back and see how big the building is. But I kept walking and I eventually turned around and thought, oh, that must be a mistake. Maybe that was just an advertisement. So I went back out to the street, continued my way down. And I remember like, like it was yesterday when I got to the end of the block, I remember saying to myself, now, Dory, if you're going to give up this easy in life, where are you going to get? So feeling silly and conspicuous, I turned around, I went back to that door, I walked down the hallway, and the very last office on the right-hand side had a little gold plaque that said Congressman R. Nolan. So I went in there, and there's an older lady, Lorraine, and I asked if they have a position. I'm a new graduate, and we chat a little bit, and she goes, well, we don't have a position here, but we may have an opening on the reelection campaign, which is starting in just a couple months. And she goes, let me call Washington and see if if there's going to be a need. And she picks up the phone, a rotary phone and dials. And I'm like, oh, she's calling Washington, D.C. Now, <laughs> I grew up on a farm. We had cousins in Stillwater, which were was, you know, like an hour and a half away. We called them once a year to wish them Merry Christmas kind of thing. So I'm like, she's calling D.C. She gets on the phone. Basically, she says the campaign manager will be coming back. We'll be here so in a couple of weeks. Give me your resume. I did get one of two paid positions on the campaign. I was the office manager and there was a campaign manager. And so I worked that campaign, which I loved. It was seven days a week, long hours, which that's how you work on a dairy farm. It just seemed normal to do that. And as we got towards the end, the congressman knew we had a large uh, lead and it was a re-election. He was pretty sure he would be re-elected. And he kept asking me to come to Washington. He was putting his staff in place and I kept putting it off. Finally, like he, he wins and he's like, Dory, are you coming? And I was petrified of that decision. I turned 19 on the campaign. I had never been out of the state of Minnesota and to pick up and go live in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill was absolutely frightening. And I talked to the campaign manager. I was full of fear. And yet my dream was on the other side of that fear to be a secretary for someone important. And he looked at me and said, Dory, just take the job and try it. If you don't like it, what's the worst that can happen? Come back in two weeks. That made it simple. So that (laughs) little piece of advice, though, is something that has stuck with me. Anytime we are going to step into something unfamiliar, push ourselves to a new level, no matter what level you are, if you're a CEO, whatever, it is human nature to feel fear. And so we all have that. It never goes away. And one thing I learned about it is you just take one step. One step creates a little bit of change creates stronger certainty and it becomes a cycle. One step forward begins a momentum that you can then build on pivot and and keep moving from there. That was excellent advice. I did take that job. I worked in Washington, D.C. then for four years, came back actually for the next campaign, took a hiatus. But that decision and that change is one of the biggest impacts in my life because A, I learned that lesson. 
B, I was exposed to a way bigger world. And kind of like you said earlier, I was in this big world. These were, I didn't even have a college degree. Everyone I worked with had college degrees. Everyone that eventually reported to me were college graduates. I didn't like talking about higher education and where my degree was from because I didn't have a political science degree. But within two years, I was a legislative assistant giving input and researching and advising the congressman on issues related to women's issues and to small business. So everything I was doing there kind of set the platform for me in my whole career forward. I'm still all about women. I'm still all about making a difference and having impact. And my whole career, I guess I've been an entrepreneur except for four years at General Mills. So the small business and that has really set the foundation. And I realized that even though I was too naive to realize I was looking for meaningful work. I was. And I think that comes from growing up on a dairy farm. My parents were equal partners. They ran the business with great human values. They were making a difference. I mean, they they still live on the farm today. They, my dad's going to be 95. My mom's going to be 90. And the farm is still being farmed. It's agriculture. And they are, as we discuss what they want to happen after they're not here, the world needs food. I think we should continue to have it be food. It's not a dairy farm. It's more people food. I grew up in what seems like a very simple, go milk the cows and, you know, tend to the fields. But really, there was a lot of wisdom that just was there that I didn't even realize. Well, and when you look back, don't you think that if those small things, well, they're not small, on a farm, you could see firsthand what would happen if something didn't get done. So it builds this work ethic in you that clearly has stuck with you, you your entire life. Okay, well, we fast forward, you've got your business, you're doing phenomenally well, and then you have a really life-altering yeah. experience. What happened? You're right, Katie. I had my business for 30 years. It had evolved and I it was all focused in marketing to women. I was working with Fortune 500 clients, helping them better understand women's subconscious motivators to behavior. So I was really their voice. I was a voice for women at the corporate strategy table. And I thought I had it all. I had a career I was proud of. I had a voice in the world of marketing and how corporate brands were using their strength and their influence in the world. I had a great marriage. I had a loving family and it, it was all perfect. I mean, I, it, was, it, was, it was fabulous until it wasn't. And what happened? My husband of 37 years was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and from that minute, everything changed. It was like the rug was pulled out from under me. I didn't take much to know what happens on the future trajectory of that diagnosis. So within two months, I shut down the agency. I could not tell staff or anyone why. It, it was so devastating. I couldn't say it out loud what he was diagnosed with. So I shut down the agency and I became his primary caregiver. Five years later, he passed away and it was a long journey, but I wouldn't change anything about it. It was a learning experience as was 
just shutting down the whole agency. I had a learning lesson out of that. So basically though, after my husband passed away, which was 717 of 2017, it was all seven, seven, sevens. Then I am sitting there physically and emotionally exhausted after five years of caregiving up 17 times a night. Not only had I lost my life partner, I was no longer a business owner. I had lost my identity as I felt, and I was staring at a bleak future. I turned 60 the day after his celebration of life. And I'm sitting there and I guess it was a personal wake up call on a couple levels. First of all, it was so clear. I get tomorrow is not promised. That can change in a snap of a finger. That's number one. And if I didn't get that message, then I had like a second tsunami. Two months after he passed, I had major brain surgery to remove a large tumor that I had in my brain. And it was through the Mayo Clinic, but I had two different two-hour consults so I could realize, make sure I understood the risks of not surviving and or not having full mental capacity. So I went into two months later, my kids had just lost their dad. I go into this surgery and I will say that again, caused me to reflect with, if that was my funeral, did I do what I was here to do? Uh, and I knew I had it. So I get out of that surgery and it was a long recovery. I will say I am their poster child. It was not cancerous. I have all my uh, mental capacity and I go down there and they're so excited to see their success, I guess. So sitting there after that, I mean, in, it really, in the, it was the darkest moment of my life. And I realized that I can either ride out these next years and let them unfold, or I could take command of my life again and get back on track and, and, and decide what am I going to do with my gifts, my life, and what was I meant to do? So I did go on a two-year journey of self-discovery. I called it Dory. Finding Dory. I love it. Dory, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to, I want to talk more about then <laughs> phase two, phase three of Dory's life. Finding Dory. Before we talk about that, let's talk about Rustica Bakery, who we absolutely love. They happen to be our sponsor, which is great because we love them. Uh, what's your, what do you love to get from? Well, first of all, you're familiar with Rustica Bakery, yes, Dory? I am, yes. What comes to mind right away is their breads. I can't say there's one specific because I go in and it's like, oh, try this one, try this one, try this one. I love it. That The case there makes it really difficult to get out without, I don't know how Lisa does it. Lisa can go in and buy one cookie. I don't know how. Well, not all the time, Katie. <laughs> but when I'm feeling like, okay, just one little cookie, that can't hurt. Because if I buy the whole bag of cookies, then they sit in my car and I take another nibble and another nibble. So if I just have one and it's gone, it's gone. And you've enjoyed it every last bite. Every single crumb, I get really upset if the crumb falls down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. No crumb left untouched. <laughs> no crumb. No crumb. Well, what I also love is you can go online and order sandwiches and pick them up. You can go online and order bread and pick it up. They bake a certain amount. So you have to be strategic. And when you're doing this, because it's not like they can go in the back and they have stockpiles of this that they've made, you know, three weeks in advance. This is baked that day. So this is the freshest of the fresh of the fresh and it's delicious. 
So strongly recommend Rustica Bakery, two locations, Bidet Maxka, right in that strip mall next to Punch Pizza, kitty corner from Whole Foods, and then Edina on the side of Lifetime Fitness, both have amazing, I should say on the side of Lifetime Fitness in Southdale Mall, both have amazing parking. So you're in and out of there. You don't have to hassle. Very, 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 very easy to get in and out. Very convenient. I strongly recommend as I know you do too. All right, back to finding Dory. You spent two years, you said, recreating and deciding what would be the best use of your talents. What came out of that? Well, through that whole journey, I came out of that with, first of all, a clear realization that my next level purpose was not to be a megaphone for women, but rather for women to find their own voice, step into their power and live the life they were meant to live. And I came out of that realizing that my 30 years as an entrepreneur, my 20 years of developing and doing really unique insight work to get to subconscious drivers with women, that I could bring that all together and I could help women make this discovery for themselves, how to live a happier, more fulfilling life, understanding their unique gifts and what they were meant to bring to the world. So I distilled and realized that they you don't have to take two years to get there. I can help you get there in four weeks. I put together my first signature program, which I still do now, I just completed one, is Unlock Your Purpose, which is a transformational journey, really, with women where we mine your life story to look at situations, circumstances, accomplishments, challenges, random decisions, you know, that really shaped you for who you are today. We also look at, I have a unique way of understanding your unique superpowers. Time out. We talk about superpowers. I'm going to turn this one back on you. What's your superpower? Oh, I, okay. I have, I don't bring it to one superpower. There can be more. Okay. Well, well, that probably goes to my, what I'll call my heart of purpose. So I help women find their, it, it, it might be five different superpowers. And so one of mine is I am a maximizer. I always have been it, on, on the side of any superpower is also a shadow that can be a negative. So for instance, I'll use my maximizer. I have to take everything another step, another step to the max. Well, the shadow, the dark shadow is striving for perfection and not moving forward because it's not perfect. And I had to learn and I remind myself, messy doesn't matter. It is about impact. It's about movement and progress. So, so that's one core of mine that I can see everything I touch. I have to, when's it too much to be maximum versus your 90% versus, because there is no perfection. You'll never do anything if you go for perfection. There is no ceiling. So that's one of mine. I think another one of my superpowers is courage. And I talked a little bit about fear before, because there's a big difference between fear and courage. Taking action is, you know, we all have the fear, but it's having courage doesn't mean you don't have fear. It means you have fear and you take action anyway. 
And I could go through point and point in my life where I just jumped and grew wings on the way down. You know, it's like there, I didn't have it all planned out. Well, don't you think that's a lot of women too, especially those who are trying to do the career or or I shouldn't even say trying to those who are, they have their career, they have their families, they're navigating all those things. And you don't know what you don't know until you get there. You have to grow your rings on the way down in a lot of cases. Do you see that with most women that you work with? I do because I work with a lot of high achievers and women that are looking for the next level, wanting more. But I would also just add to that. I also see a lot of women that were climbing the ladder, climbing success in the career, and they're not fulfilled. So having that trait and adding to it, knowing your passions, being very clear on what's important to you, work-life balance, it comes up in every session I'm on and, or they're like, God, I'm in, I'm in this career now, but I hate it. I'm not fulfilled. I'm an attorney and I hate arguing every day. How do I take these, the skill set I have? What was I meant to do? Because the work that I did from a marketing agency to women coaching at a distant coaching women at a, at a far, it might look like, in fact, I thought at first, what does that have in common? Well, when you start to dissect your skill set, your superpowers, your, what you learned over you know, your lifetime, your capital wisdom, I like calling it, that you you start looking at that and you realize that that can translate over to this kind of career or business or passion. So I think knowing your superpowers, innate characteristics and traits is part of it. The other part is skills and competencies you've developed and how you can bring that together with your passion and with what the world needs. And that's when you're on fire. That is when you have vitality and energy and you become unstoppable because you know there's something bigger you're supposed to be doing. And here's the other thing. If, when you know what you're good at, it's going to be what you love doing. We are good at what we love doing. It, this whole idea of in, in the professional world, I did not do this, do performance reviews and, you know, here are your weaknesses. So you need to focus on improving this, this, and this. I never believed in that. I believed in focusing on your strengths. Your, of course, I'm the maximizer, right? You're good, become great. That's how you really get differentiated. You can make little incremental improvements on things, but you're not going to be happy. You're not going to love it. So it's seeing what you love, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and how you can bring that to something that the world wants and needs. Because when you're doing what you love doing and you're good at it, you're going to be happy and you're going to bring it to the world and you're going to feel fulfilled. Because when you give to others, you give to yourself. Beautifully said. That's wonderful. There's a lot of women that are going to like listening to that. So then how did your book come about? Transition, I guess. So I get <laughs> Again. Done- I get done with this, my journey, and I'm like, I want women to be able to know the unique miracle that they are, the unique genius they have, and to be able to live the life that they were born to live, really. And so I started the Unlock Your Purpose. And moving forward with that course, I ran several of them. And then as I found my purpose, 
I change and I see it in every woman, woman that goes through this. You don't show up the same person anymore. You have vitality, zest, energy, passion. And I was evolving and I, um, two things happened. One is I heard a lot of people say, my God, Dory, you look younger than you did five years ago. You have so much energy. And I look back when I came out of that journey, I mean, I was dull. I was skeptical about the future. I was uncertain. And all of a sudden now I know who I'm meant to be. I know what I'm meant to bring to the world. And I I work more hours, I have more energy, and I go out less often with my girlfriends because I have stuff that I want to be doing. And then I realized that I wanted to have more reach and greater impact as well, you know, broader reach and greater impact. And this out of that, I'm going to give you the, the, the transition out of that. So I started my first program in Jan. I just realized it was only a January of 2021. Unlock your purpose. Over this, uh, as spring and summer came, and I'm getting this feedback, I want to have greater impact. And I started a series I called Aging with Power because I thought I could reach more women. And so I did a weekly tips on social media. And monthly, I would have a deep dive with Zoom, one-on-one coaching that I called Wine and Wisdom Wednesdays with Dory. So, so once a week, last Wednesday, we would dig into superpowers was one of the ones I did help reveal your superpowers in a two-hour session. So as I started doing, so my second thing then was this Aging with Power series for women. Again, I saw how powerful that was, how women were responding. I wanted to reach even more people. And I looked at my content and I'm like, oh my God, this is a book. This is really about happiness. Because when you you can figure all this out, it is happiness. And so in fall, I'm like, oh my God, this is a book. And I sat down and I mapped out uh, um, what that could be. And I I then wrote my book, Happiness Mindset, Six Secrets for Aging with Power. And in it, it's not just a book. It is really, I have, I have actionable coaching tips. I have training videos so you can read about a growth, a change, and you can link right out to a two-hour training video with worksheets, with assessment tools, with progress tracker. So it's very actionable. It is not just a bunch of woo-woo ideas. It's, it's a lot of content to be able to apply it and bring it in your life. So that's how I got to my book. In January, I put out the digital In 24 hours, it was the Amazon number one bestseller. I just, in March, released it in paperback because, again, I had women say, I like paper. And out of that, as I'm hearing back from women, some women don't want to do it alone at home with their book, with their videos. So I am launching Happiness Mindset Live, where it would be interactive coaching, working with other women, networking, and bringing this to life, where in two days on a weekend, you can get from A to B with the Happiness Mindset and all the trainings in the book. I just need to tell you, I'm exhausted hearing about it all. And yet I'm energized. You have, you're infectious, first of all. So bravo to all of this. What I think is fabulous is your heart to want to bring this and have others get to where you've gotten to. And that is, that's a gift. 
that might, that too is your superpower. Yes. I am so driven for impact. I want to touch as many women as I can. And that's why that book makes it more accessible. I mean, that is, it, it's about message and impact. It, thank you. That I, and that's what drives you, me. But I will tell you, this happens to other women as well. When they start digging in, I like to say, know yourself, love yourself and be true to yourself. And that's what both these programs do is to help you understand how unique and how beautiful you are. And then now, then you can be intentional and make choices and it just feeds your happiness, feeds your fulfillment, feeds your happiness. It's cyclical. What you just said, some women don't even realize that they need to understand that because they get up in the morning and they press start and they go about their day and they don't ever get the opportunity or chance to even think about what you're talking about on this podcast. And, and that also is fearful to them. And women have a sense of fear when they want to take that next step, as you say, and, and get into that space, because sometimes when they get into that space, they're going to have to make some other changes. And how do they go about doing that? Whether it's a lot of these women are mothers and their kids are all different ages or they're, they're married or they're not married or they have relationships that they either have to continue or not. So all of that plays into what you're teaching and training. I think a lot of women need to realize not to be fearful of taking that next step to understand who they are as a person because self-reflection is very difficult. Exactly, exactly. Huh. I feel this sense of excitement, just like, wow, that was a lot to take on, but I know that you resonate with so many people. So how do people get a hold of you? Well, I'll tell you a lot of my, a lot of my work is word word of mouth. A lot of my client referrals, because when women go through this, it's so life-changing that it's a gift to tell another woman in their life about it. So word of mouth is a big part of it. But I also have a website, dorimolitor.com, spelled D-O-R-I-M-O-L-I-T-O-R.com. And if you go there, you'll see all my coaching programs. You can book time with me. Just give me a call, a 30-minute discovery call, and we can see where you are where and if I might be a resource for you and just help you guide uh, what what's for you, what's not for you and how I might be able to help. So you can book time with me. You can see the programs and also please connect with me on social media. I am always putting out content tips, ideas, and then sharing when there's the next happiness mindset live or the next unlock your purpose. Give us your handles on your social media. So my handles on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, it's Dory Molitor, spelled the same, D-O-R-I, Molitor, M-O-L-I-T-O-R. But I also really, really want to suggest any women out there, if you want to get a sense of this, you want huge content, you want to get a, 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 and experience my coaching style, go get happiness mindset. Six Secrets for Aging with Power, Dory Molitor author on Amazon.com. It is tremendous value. It's five training videos, 35 actionable ideas, other coaching mindset, shift your mindset. Um, So that really is one place where you can experience 
a lot of this value training and coaching. And I love what you said too. And especially if somebody does that, not everybody's style is for everybody. And you would find that out through doing that. And if you want more Dory in your life, then you can go further, right? Exactly. All right. Well, you grew up on a farm. Your parents are very forward thinking, it sounds like, and talking about sustainability and all that, which just stands to reason then why you would pick the nonprofit you did, which is? Nonprofit I picked is Second Harvest Heartland because you know what? Food's critical and everyone, no one should be hungry. Everyone should have food and that's the earth and the way I grew up. And still in my century farm, that's still what we're bringing to the world. Fantastic. And Second Harvest Heartland is the number twoharvest.org. Very simple, Two harvest.org. Second Harvest Heartland, they advocate for and deliver public hunger fighting programs, and they are championing the policies and programs that work to end hunger. So I don't think anybody can argue with the mission of Second Harvest Heartland. Lisa, do you want to ask one question before Dory goes? If you were a dog, (laughs) what dog breed would you be? Uh, Oh, if I were a dog, something cute, small, and cuddly. (laughs) (laughs) that's I mean that's it that would be me so a poodle no more cuddly like a how about a yorkie okay I like it and that energy is there too dory (laughs) that energy of the yorkie that's actually perfect I didn't say a terrier no yeah a yorkie (laughs) (laughs) thanks dory we know the view in your mirror is incredible And uh, we wish you all the success in the world. Yes, Dory. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. This was wonderful. And I really enjoyed listening to you. Well, Lisa and Katie, I'm the one that should be saying thank you because your platform has given me an opportunity to spread the message. And I'm about message and impact and the ability to reach more women. That's my purpose. And that's what I'm here to do is to help women step into their power, find their voice. And in return, I am amplifying female influences in the world. And so that's my bigger driver. So well, excellent. We'll do it all together. We're yes. This together. I love being at this. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, Dory. So as we say goodbye to Dory, I think something that she mentioned was really, really important to note. For her, this is not about the money. Of course, money's nice, makes the world go round. We all like nice things. But just like you and I have done this podcast, Lisa, as a labor of love, what Dory's doing is a labor of love as well. So we wish her all the success in the world. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. There's a lot of information out there and um, happy we could share that with you. What's on the docket for you coming up, Miss Lisa? The docket. The docket on the for docket. me. Yes. What, what's ahead of me right now? To do so many clients that are getting back in action, are traveling, are doing their business trips again. And I am getting numerous calls a day of like, Lisa, we just got to rest and I'm calling it reshuffling. I'm calling reshuffling your wardrobe. And I'm just trying to get them to feel better so that when they get up in the morning and they get dressed or wherever they're going, they feel like they have what they need in their closet. And if they don't need it, I'm looking for them, but I'm not looking for full wardrobes. I'm looking for pieces. Yeah. Um, that's so consistent. That's extremely consistent. busy. That's good. It that's is good, good, but I you can like only to be busy. sell 
<laughs> what's in the stores or if they're willing to do custom and I can create it, that actually is more beneficial. But if they want what's in the stores, I can only find it if I can find it, which right now right, is well, I, challenging. I wish you much luck with that. I have been getting several calls from people who are buying second vacation homes and looking to make them more efficient. And I am reminded once again, that when you sit down with a builder, or even an architect, and there are many, many, many phenomenal ones out there, they do not always look at how you are actually going to use the space. So we're having a lot of discussions on does that wall really belong there? Or would it be better here? And do you really want to put that doorway there? Or would it maybe be better here? Those kind of detailed discussions are happening. And I think as spring is coming, people are cleaning out. They're looking at things differently, especially, I think now we can safely say we're emerging from COVID. And as you said, people are traveling more and whatnot. And so they're looking at all their spaces differently again, and maybe getting rid of stuff that's accumulated over the last two years. So busy, busy as well. It's been fun. It's been challenging. And uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds for our podcast and beyond. So I'm really, as we started talking about the transition, I'm so happy that I transitioned to this podcast with you. And I thank you for being that partner who has really brought out amazingly wonderful things along the way. Well, like I've told you when we're not recording, but I'll say it on the recording, you are a gift to me. Oh, thanks. I feel the same way about you. And Lisa, a couple last tidbits of information. We have our new email address, finally, info at theviewingyourmirror.com. So it's a quick way for anyone to ask a question, get a hold of us. Tell us what you'd like to hear. Tell us a funny story. Tell us the time you wore two socks a different color. I don't know. <laughs> we like all sorts of things. And if you need to get a hold of Lisa, you do so at Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am Katie at katieharms.com. Lisa's website is wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am katieharms.com. Pretty easy stuff. So there you have it. And all of you listening are gifts to us. And we hope that you know how much of a gift you are within your own fears of influence. And we know that the view in your mirror is exceptional. Until next time. Music.